0: incredibly bright people for watching this podcast. Guess who this is? No, no. Yeah. It's Yucca water. Oh, could it be pinky? Or it might even be Carl finishing my croissant
1: or it might be Raphael with a hot
0: bunch of marshmallow tuna fish and Doritos pizza, or even Donatello trying to figure out how my Apple watch works. <laughs> the main thing we all have in common is that we are pretty smart. Just like you. Cause we watch and listen to the canned air podcast and one more thing, Narv.
2: Welcome to another episode of Can Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And returning to the show, he was last on the show in uh, episode 282, so not too long ago. Mm-hmm. We had him on to talk about Polar Paradox. We welcome writer Frank Martin to the show of franktherwriter.com. He's got a new Kickstarter up right now for the second part of Polar Paradox. Frank, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me back. Returning champion in the building.
2: Right, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so, and we're going to have fun today in our retro round table. We're going to be talking about trading cards. Now, this is, man, as, you know, coming up in the late 80s, early 90s, man, were there any bigger things than trading cards back in the day? No, there wasn't, actually. But, uh, so I've actually dug out a box of the cards I had from when I was a kid. All these cards I have here from when I was a kid, we're going to be going through some of them, and, uh talking about some of just the hilarity I found in that box. I remember a store that was just trading cards. I mean, I think you still have those kind of cards in stores now, but I think they're mainly like game cards, like Magic and Pokemon yep. and shit like that. Yeah. You know, we're talking about just the cards that exist for no fucking reason. <laughs> cards. <laughs> Not that we can't bring up those kind of cards, right. but... Uh, And then after we do that, we're going to be turning our attention over to Frank to talk more about uh, the new Kickstarter for Polar Paradox. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And uh, go to our website, cannedairpodcast.com, where you can click on that Patreon link. And uh, you can, well, not only that, but there's a a merch link. Get T-shirts, all Mm -hmm. kinds of swag with our logo on it, but also the Patreon link where a few dollars a month gets you access to a whole bunch of uh, cool content we've got up there right now. Over 40 episodes of the Candare Patreon pod And a bunch of other special projects And free merch And free merch there, yeah If you're a patron, uh, so long, what is it? First three months, after three months You get your first uh, piece of merch mm-hmm. sent to you in the mail After six months, another piece And they just keep getting better, people yep. So, a lot of incentive there And uh, go to evergreenpodcast.com That's the network we're on You can check us out there, along with a lot of other cool shows Am I forgetting anything, Jerry no a lot of I shows am. over there, too. A lot of shows. A lot of good shows. <clears throat> All right, well, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable.
0: Hold on to your butts. <laughs>
2: bad noise, Excellent. All right, trading cards. Where do we begin? Jack, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I started.
3: Try. Well, I tried to start with the trading card thing with when I was probably around oh 7th or 8th grade cuz I had a couple of kids a couple of friends that did the same thing but they were actually into sports and <laughs> this guy doesn't sports
2: no well that's just kind of the funny thing about it is uh and I frank I don't know if you uh, can relate to this but when I was young you know coming up in school like you said Sports cards were the shit. Mm -hmm. And even if uh, you weren't necessarily into sports cards, you were getting sports cards because everyone was getting sports cards. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: I
3: I can't remember some of the ones I had, but I remember buying a couple of packs here and there. Mainly, I I think it was for the gum for me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember it was getting crazy. My dad uh, bought, you know how you buy the whole sets, but you buy the whole sets just because you want one card that's in the set. My dad right. was big on, on for some reason, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. He had like oh, three God. sets of the entire thing. And he said, Frank, this is valuable just because of this one card. And I'm like six years old. I'm like, okay, dad, yeah, one card, Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. It's the most valuable thing in, in the history.
2: And did it end up being worth money? Any ideas? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I have no idea. I mean, we could go on eBay and check out Ken Griffey Jr. cards nowadays. But uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that's worth bazillion dollars more. And I mean, the, all the comic books people never thought were going to be worth anything or are going oh, trash.
3: Absolutely money. Just make sure you don't bend those corners on them cards, or they're nothing.
2: Well, you know, I. <laughs> it's funny because I was never a sports person. But at that one point in my life, I was obsessed with the Chicago Bulls. That's when I was into sports. I never missed a Chicago Bulls game.
1: Oh, did it happen to be when they were winning?
2: That's exactly when it was. <laughs> That's when 90s. everybody loved them. Yeah. Yeah. The All-Stars, <laughs> man. That was when they were awesome. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of cards here uh, that I collected over the years through the 90s, like in protective sleeves of the Chicago ah. Bulls. And I've got... Uh, maybe three Michael Jordans in here, Steve Kerr, a few Dennis Rodmans when he was with the Spurs, BJ Armstrong, Scottie Pippen. I don't know if any of them are worth a damn cent, probably a couple bucks a piece, if anything. That's just it, though. You know, with Michael Jordan cards or Ken Griffey Jr., you know, there's probably a few cards that are really, like, uh, sought after and valuable, but there's probably just a lot of printed cards, like, probably like these that aren't worth dick,
3: you know oh, yeah. what I mean? It all depends on like probably the the, the photo that they took. There's yeah. only this many of uh, this photo made. Yeah,
2: exactly. So,
3: do you know if you can still pull those? I try to, but I want to try too hard. Still pull them out of the card holder.
2: Uh, they, you can, but I I wouldn't at this point. I mean, they've been in there so a, long.
1: It's a skill to take those cards out and uh. Yeah, once the, one, the, if you get a little
3: Amazon. bit of moisture in there and it sticks.
1: Well, uh, let's not find <laughs> out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's not it's, find it's out. It's like laminating it. You're pretty much <laughs> done with it when you're done.
2: You know, another thing I remember when I was a kid was, uh, you know, in the height of all this sports card popularity, cereal boxes, you know, instead of toys were given out sports cards. And Mm -hmm. here's a few postcards that uh, are just very lackluster looking cards. Who do we have there? Barry Bonds and Kevin Maz. I'm sure, like, to people who actually know baseball, maybe the, one of those two names means something. <laughs> to me, they mean dick. But as a kid, they have printed autographs on there. And as a kid, before you know about, you know, autographs... It's signed. It's a signed card <laughs> by Barry Bonds. But then also, I don't know if you remember these. I've, I've only got this one here. Kellogg's put these out, and they were... All star like cornflakes all star cards and like you could move the card back and forth and it was like your favorite pitcher or batter and you would like you'd see him, oh it's animated it's yeah. animated yeah. you yep. see him like a, hol- a
1: little bit of a hollow foil kind of thing to it
2: it's not even so much like a hollow foil it's like that thing if like you run your fingernail over the top it like zips back and forth it's like corduroy again. pants yes yeah. Yeah, like corduroy <laughs> pants but it's one of those kind of cards what's this one from ninety two uh, Dan Quinzenberry Quiz Quisenberry? Who the fuck knows? But, yeah, so that's the only reason I've got all these sports cards. They were such the hype. I remember one of card I had was Daryl Strawberry.
1: Collectors are so weird because you go online and you look at those cards and... A lot of them are like selling for five cents or ten cents; they're worthless. And then every once in a while, you get one that's so weirdly rare that everybody wants it. It's like it's it was the Kel- Kellogg's edition from the '92 Frosted Flakes, and now it's some for some reason it's like three hundred dollars. You, you never mm-hmm. wow. you can never quite nail down why people why that particular one is is rare and all the other ones are nothing.
2: Maybe I need to look up my cards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember that's why people love that stuff. Like, um, was it Antique Roadshow? They love taking out all their junk and then finding some weird, obscure thing that's worth money that they never realized.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see me. How much are these Power Ranger cards worth, sir?
1: Get out. (laughs) Here's twenty dollars. (laughs)
2: Leave. If I was lucky, (laughs) twenty bucks. Ooh, somebody be really generous.
1: I I got into cards. I mean, I loved them when I was little. But as I got older, I loved them more—not um, the sports cards, but more of the. Because we were comic book guys, I love the the comic character cards. I had oh, X Men yeah. cards. I just googled this because I had the entire collection of Spider Man series of Fleer Ultra from 1995.
2: I have some of those. I do.
1: Yeah, they were. I like for some reason. I made it my life's mission to have every single card from this set, and I had. And they they really marketed this perfectly because I had the the binder that was for the set, and I had the exact amount of uh, what are they the the pages that they put the cards in. I yeah. They had, they had them numbered so that each card had its own slot, and it was like my most prized possession—the fact that I had every single one.
2: Those pages were like three by three, if I remember correctly. And some yeah. of that that foil uh, printing you're talking about earlier, I think showed up in some of those cards. They were amazing
1: cards. <laughs>
2: the yeah, X-Men ones funny. too. And this ra- is
1: how we kind of like learned about Spider-Man. I had all of these yes. cards and all the characters. I read the backs. I'm looking at them now. they had they had some cards that were like,, um, I forget what, what did they call them? They were they swapped arachnophobias where they swapped uh, DNA of characters. So, I'm looking at this one. It's Misery. So, it's Lizard and Mysterio. I was like, I thought that was the oh, coolest thing wow. ever. Wanted. I got to look these up.
2: I've never okay. seen that. No, that's cool as shit. I've, I've, I know I've got a bunch of the Spider Man ones, but I've also got some X Men ones that are really cool. And uh, there's some of them that have that foil effect, but they're like special editions where it's like the X Men and uh, different Halloween costumes. So, you have <laughs> like. Cyclops dressed as Elvis but again it's a really nice card with like that foil sheen to it Professor Xavier was like a wizard or some shit it was it was so cool (laughs) do you know what I'm talking about at all Frank
1: yeah I've seen a bunch of those too they're they're awesome they I mean the artwork too they don't really skimp on these things
2: no, they don't. They are gorgeous cards. I actually have a whole book of them in there. I totally forgot to get out until I, I forgot about them until Frank
1: I like mentioned. See
3: those. I don't remember Let ever me seeing.
2: Get Keep talking. Like, like comic book cards. It
3: was always just the sports ones that I've ever seen.
1: Oh, no. They, they had tons and tons and tons of these. I'm trying to find these arachnophobias, but for some reason, Google's like, no, you can't search for that. It's too cool. <laughs> All
2: right, here we go. I'm going to get the mic back here. And you'll notice that these are in a book that says baseball cards yeah. on them because when the Marvel cards cards came along, I was like, to hell with the baseball <laughs> cards.
3: But
0: yeah. Take
2: comic covers and cover the, the start top of flipping them. toward the back. There's also Simpsons cards in there.
3: <laughs> well, those foil cards are sweet.
2: They are all sweet. Look at like Frank said, look at the art on them. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, another thing I'm seeing in that book right there are those Simpson cards. Uh, those came out before the Playmates like line started like pumping Simpson merch up the ass, you know. So those mm-hmm. trading cards were about the only thing you can get, and they were so cool as far as like Simpson merch went at the time.
1: You know Man, look at them
2: glisten when you flip them.
1: They're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, they are. I had Simpsons cards too. They made cards for everything. Yeah.
2: As we're soon gonna find out here. <laughs> Speaking of which, one I, I don't have even a full set of, but I found a few uh c- like floater cards in my stack here from the TV show Dinosaurs when it came out from '92. Oh. Look at those. Those are rough. No <laughs> oh my <laughs> They're not even scenes from the show. It's just like the 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 suit set up in front of like a yeah. Sears backdrop. <laughs> just like promo shot. Sears portrait backdrop or something. Yeah, Decode yeah. baby's favorite saying. What could it be? Uh, let's see. Not the daddy? <laughs> no. Was that?
3: Just a description? Father three may not always understand his family.
2: They're horrible, but it's just a great example <laughs> of what uh, Frank said. Everything, absolutely everything had a card, and I wish I had more better examples to look at here uh, other than that, but okay, I got one for you guys here. This has got to be one of the most favorite cards I own, and I am almost hesitant to call it a card because it's not made of cardboard. It's made of like a flimsy plastic. Huh. Hear that? Yeah.
1: I do hear it.
2: So that's not cardboard, as we can tell. And what this is is a card... From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Secret of the U's, where it's Splinter holding up the TCRI can together, mm-hmm. and on the back, all it, it doesn't even give a description. It's just it prints over and over. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Secret of the U's available <laughs> everywhere in theaters March 1991. Now, what's special about this card is that this came from. Do you remember the gross ass turtle pies, like the green ooze turtle pies? Yes. Yeah. Like
3: Hostess Pies.
2: That's the only yeah. place you could get these cards. <laughs>
3: and that's what that's from. That's why it's plastic, so the grease didn't get into the card. Yep. <laughs> it didn't saturate and
2: destroy the card. But it's, like, cut crooked. I mean, you can tell, like, they just came out on, like, a long reel. Yep. And then just cut. Look at the back. Look how the back's printed. Like, you have the centered text that where you get everything, but then, like, the exact same thing's printed <laughs> above it cut in half and below it cut in half. But I looked up some of those cards on eBay, and people do have them. And it's not like they're charging outrageous amounts for them, But I just thought, man, it's something for those kind of, a, you know, such a fragile p- little piece of shit to survive so long. <laughs> I don't feel
3: that. Yeah, it's almost like a waxy coated paper.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know why this was so difficult for me to find these these villain mashups on Spider-Man. I made it this kind of my life's mission right now to find these. But I see I got um, Scavenger, which was a mix of vermin and vulture, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. They have, they had, it was doppelganger and shocker doppel shock. <laughs> see, I love the
2: doppelganger. I think he's cool as shit.
1: And then they have one that's uh kingpin and carnage, king carnage. But it's like <sighs> this, they, they made these just for the cards. I'm like, these would be, I want to see these stories, you know, that would be awesome. Yeah, like, definitely.
2: If they did like, what if like one-off issues, like if, Oh, especially that King Carnage, man. Mm -hmm. That sounds incredible.
1: (laughs) And then they had a Carnage World Tour or a a USA tour where he's like at the Lincoln Memorial and at Graceland and at the Alamos and Mount Rushmore. And this is all like the same year series of card. So it was like to see all of these. It was just I could flip through the book just looking at them and reading them. And it was was pretty cool. At
2: least it's so funny how much uh, joy these kind of cards can bring. I mean, especially in the case like what Frank's talking these Marvel cards, you know, mm-hmm. they, they brought something extra. You weren't just getting a quick clip of what you have already saw in a comic book. You know, there was original art being brought and new ideas being brought through with the cards. We had a couple of comic artists
3: guests on the show that were doing these cards, and I didn't really quite understand it as much till now because I, did, I really didn't know that they had... The, all these superhero cards. I like I said, I only knew sports, but it makes a, a whole lot more sense because some of these actually look like they're drawn on the card almost.
2: I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like uh, we, we've we had some artists on the show that like uh, like, say, Tops or Fleer or I'm- something.
1: Yeah. I've seen them, yeah. Card artists have been signing on to do to do specific commissions. For, yes, yeah.
2: for and sure. then they send it back, and then that commission gets put in a pack for someone to open right. and own for their own. But none of those are like that. But at the same time, it's still very uh, original artwork mm-hmm. to the card. It's, and...
1: it's different, but it's still just as equally cool.
3: Oh, yeah, it's amazing. But those ones, I, the ones that they're doing now, I think is a little more cool, because I think it's an actual drawing it's their their actual work it's not a copy like these are
2: well i mean you don't get a full pack of those though those no, are it's just only just one yeah, yeah
3: like yeah so but if you wanted so-and-so's card of so-and-so you had to sit there and buy the whole box i don't know go.
2: i i think it's cooler to get a card with the commission on it rather than a full pack i'd, I'd rather get a like a bunch of these because these guys mm. are freaking cool with their foil and their yeah all oh, their different concepts
1: Yeah. And and besides, I mean, these are original cards, but I also was written to the, they made cards for for certain series like the Spider-Man actual cartoon show and then the X-Men animated show. They had cards that were like specific for that where they would take scenes and they would just do a still from it and then just kind of put like some stuff on the back about it.
3: Right. Here's the Halloween ones. There's Professor X as a wizard. Yeah, who? was Gambit? Man is a snowman.
2: Gambit uh, looks like a, looks like he's a poker player, a cowboy, or something. What's Psylocke at the top there? She looks like like a maid, like a French maid, or something.
3: Yeah, she's wearing a regular outfit, pretty much, but she's carrying like feather dusters. Feather dusters. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue, I'm not sure what she is. She just has a red cape. Oh, I guess it says. Oh, no, it says haunted haunted mansion on the side. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what she's supposed to do. Looks good though, I guess. <laughs> Storm's a witch.
1: You can't do a uh an episode on trading cards without doing the most famous trading cards of all, which are garbage pail kids. Holy <laughs> oh God, shit. I didn't about this.
2: That's right. <laughs> yeah. I've I've only ever had very few of those, but I know the impact they had. Yeah. God, sure.
3: that's all through elementary school. That's all that's all it was was garbage pail kids. Yeah. And then sports cards, yeah. Sports I uh,
1: I had a poster of of Garbage Pail Kids. It was like, yeah, how, how do you look at those posters? It was like the cards, except it was a poster of them. It was just a picture. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because I kept it on my wall. And whenever I was bored as a little kid, I would get up and be like, look, that's me, Cranky Frankie. And it was like a devil like kind of grinding all of his, his, his textbooks from school. So <laughs> I love those things. I think they're bringing them back or something.
2: I think they have. I know I have seen... Um maybe like little action figures of them and
3: they in were toy trying stores. to come back and I think.
2: I think there were uh maybe in certain locations cards. You don't find trading cards like these out there anymore mm. really. I mean again there's the Pokemon cards and stuff but I just remember when we were young, you know, you'd go to the register to ring out with your folks and there would be a whole line of just boxes of all oh, rangers turtles yeah. sports you know just any anything you could fathom on a card and it's like okay i didn't have enough to buy an action figure maybe but i've got enough to buy fucking 20 packs of cards and <laughs> feel like a big man for 20 seconds <laughs> but um i spent probably the most amount of money on the teenage the first ninja turtle movie uh cards i've just got an on i've got like what probably about a foot tall stack of mm-hmm. them and, uh, you know, every time you buy them, you're still, you know, you get just as excited, but every time you buy them, it's like, okay, you, you know, the odds of you just getting a pack of duplicates, nothing but duplicates keeps going up and up and up. Because of what, there's only like a hundred scenes from the actual film. So.
3: Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs>
1: like,
2: fuck, I only got one new
3: card out of this one. <laughs> I think that's you what you get such a I weird nostalgia
1: doing. for them. you just you get them and then you kind of throw them in a shoebox and then years later you kind of like you completely forget that they're there but then when you're throwing out stuff you're like I can't throw out my cards.
2: Yeah. And that's why I still have them. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I still have them. And like with my friend like growing up he collected them too so they're almost like a, when we get together we'd bring our turtle card bricks around and take the rubber band off like all right let's see what you got and let's see what I got. Maybe we can do some tradesies and get you know things I don't have. You don't, you know what I mean? Man, I think I'm bringing back repressed, repressed memories a little bit because I think I
3: had turtle cards. I'm sure you did. Because looking at these, I'm like, holy crap! I think I remember having these
2: now. Though that one you just held up's from the cartoon. Yeah, there's a they're they're all mixed in in here. That's the same one I have a brick from Uh unopened whole box of in the closet there from the original Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon. Where did you get that from? There was a comic book store that used to be in uh, Yellow Springs called oh, that's right. Dark Star Comics, and uh, they had it, but I think they're gone now. The smelly place? No, but that place is still there, too.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about you, Frank? Any other cards you want to mention?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I I, w- I, I was big into, into playing cards, too, so... Um layout Pokemon Magic. Yeah. You know, besides they actually had they turned sports cards into playing cards. I don't know if you guys were familiar, maybe this was this a little after your time, but they had a game called MLB Showdown, which kinda it was it was a game where you could have a pitcher or a batter and then there were stats on it and you rolled the dice. So they actually turned uh yeah, they were you turned trading cards for if they were for actual players into a game so you could actually play with them. And it was oh, wow. huh. and it was pretty fun.
2: Kind of gives a, yeah, gives meaning to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really.
1: I don't know if they have similar stuff for like hockey or basketball or, or, or football and stuff like that. But yeah, they turn it was, it, I, we played, I played it for like a summer with my friends where if you had like Trevor Hoffman as the closing pitcher, like his stats were through the roof and you're like, oh my God, and he's, he's hollow foil. But it was, it was, it was kind of cool for them to actually make it a practical thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Give it some, give it some actual use. (laughs) Unlike this next card that I have here, which I'm still glad I have though. This is a card from the very first Jurassic Park line of toys when the very first movie came out. Mm -hmm. Nineteen. What's the date on this? Thought I just saw a date. Did I not? Well, it had to be ninety-three. That's what I was gonna say.
1: I was gonna say ninety-four is well, that when the movie came out
2: it was 93 93 the movie came out yeah summer of 93 but uh, this is a velociraptor card authentic movie collector card as it says on it uh just with the velociraptors you know length weight diet period you know where it's from and all this stuff it's <laughs> yeah it's... they
1: got it scientifically
2: accurate <laughs> yeah exactly but the one thing I love about it is on the back, in the bottom uh, right-hand corner, it has that authentic Kenner stamp on it. Oh, yeah, it one of the one of the old Kenner things. <laughs> not that's not a retro. That's an OG. Probably one of the only OG things I have that still has the Kenner thing on it. I know I've got from what was it McDonald's from the Happy Meals back when the Amazing
3: Spider-Man Two came out. Yeah, they had the. It was like six cards or something. That, like that was
2: such a weird Happy Meal promotion because yeah. they had, there were like some toys in those things that looked so cool. Because I think we ended up getting, didn't we get the like the Electro, like where like his arms were out when you push him down, like he'd glow blue on the yeah, head. Yeah, his and head glows. He looked cool, and there was a cool looking Spider Man. But on top of that, like. You either get this action figure or this bullshit sticker book, and <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I know I'm not the demographic for this, but how about a little consistency? How about either four little action figures or you just do a whole color book thing that I can just totally ignore anyway? Yeah. You know,
3: the cards were cool because they came in that that collector's tin. Yeah. That thing is actually. I use that all the time. I see that tin with Not the cards. Not for cards, in there. though. But actually, that's where I store my. Well, yeah, I store my credit cards in, in the drawer, <laughs> hidden away. I
1: was always big on the the Happy Meal toys when they take characters and then they give them like their own specific vehicle. You know, they did that yes. for like the Batman movie where the riddler had his own car and Catwoman had her own car and it was, it was kind of this goofy thing but i was just like i was like yeah if they, if, if uh 2 Face had a car it would definitely look like this you know
2: <laughs> yeah because i think like what was it like the two-face was was was, was there was a 2 Face car wasn't there
1: i don't know God, it had i been, think there was like with the animated, animated series, series yeah. yeah and like Happy the like Happy the car
2: was painted in two different colors you know like and, a nice white Mercedes on one side, and then the black. Yeah,
1: I penguins see it. I'm would actually else. be a
2: penguin.
3: Yeah, uh, you know.
1: Peng- penguin's got a little like spiral umbrella on the front. Joker's yes. got a Joker <laughs> head. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at him. I can't believe I can't believe I can remember these.
2: There was one of those for the uh, Spider-Man cartoon I, too.
1: They were. That's a very good memory. I was just thinking that too
2: because they had the action figures, you know, like the actual stand-up action figures. But in that same Happy Meal, you could also get like characters in cars so spider-man got, like, like had a little white car with like spider legs on it oh that's it. right i remember
1: that how uh, yeah. you got uh hobgoblins got this little glider i don't see it here but i remember scorpion had one there he is yeah so um venom venom <laughs> venom's looks yes. creepy as hell
2: <laughs> his look like a spider too didn't it just yeah his... and he's
1: got his venom head on the front yeah it just looks freaky
2: that fucking show was awesome god i love that show does this show still hold up
1: yes I, remember, I have it? I have it on DVD and I put it on for my kids in the car and I can listen to it and I, I hear it I'm just like I don't even need to, to see the scenes I could see it in my head <laughs> yeah. if I just listen to it
2: better than X-Men holds up <sighs> uh in my opinion it does but see you know it was a little bit later i think though i've gone and watched x-men since we talked about it like quote unquote not holding up i gave Mm -hmm. it another chance and i'm glad i did because i've been enjoying watching it but Mm. same kind of thing you know very uh, choppy animation a lot of different scenes and frames reused throughout the series (laughs) of him swinging and whatnot which okay um But, yeah, I just, you know, it makes me think of, what was it called? That series in the 80s, like, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. It, like, seems, that series seemed very, very rooted in that, like, early 80s Spider-Man. And was, like, almost, uh, you know, true to the stories to a T from the comics. Mm -hmm. It was, like, so good. So, I mean, you could, you know, you could watch that show and actually know some shit that actually happened in comics. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you paid attention. (laughs)
1: I mean that's kind of why I like the the Spider-Man show is that they they reimagined it but they did it in such an intricate way with the characters that they really built up their own kind of mythology that was that was pretty I thought was pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, it was an amazing show. I I I adore that show. I've watched that run several times and I think uh, it's on Disney Plus now too. Yeah. So, there you go. Check it out. <laughs>
1: I would love to check it out. There's just so much so much time in the day that you can oh, re re-watch something.
2: And oversaturation at that when it comes to watching anything. It's like, there's so many choices. I just, I kind of miss the days like you turn on the TV, you have three, four choices. <laughs> Pick something or fuck off. <laughs> you know?
3: Now you got to sit there, even if you just want background noise, you got to decide what you want to put on as background noise.
2: I don't even fuck with it. I rarely turn the TV on anymore rarely i just watch something <laughs> on my phone quick and that's about it i can't get into like the hour unless it's those disney like marvel shows i yeah. can't get into like the hour-long episode you know 10 episode seasons like uh, i got too much yeah there's not much i watch
3: any more than like comic book hero shows <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: All right. Do we have anything else to add on trading cards before we move on, guys? We got one more. What's up?
3: We only have because of this show, and it's that one on the wall of Zordon, signed <laughs> by good friend David J. Fielding.
2: Okay, Now, let me tell you about that card. What Jack's referring to is, uh, you know, on the wall next to where we're recording here, I have a bunch of uh, autographed uh, pictures and stuff just from over the years of us doing this show at cons, people we've met, yada, yada, yada um david j fielding who was zordon in the power rangers we had on several times Mm -hmm. and i went through my old this box right here is this where they were this is where they were so like i found five identical zordon cards because yes i had that many of them
3: (laughs) there you go (laughs) buy a bunch of packs got this zordon oh there's another
2: zordon (laughs) But um, I reached out to him and said, "Hey, you know, if we, uh, if I mailed you these cards with return postage, could you autograph them?" And he said, "Yeah." So it's cool to not only have you know that autograph up there, Zordon's autograph, but to have it be on that card. Mm-hmm that I had since I was a kid, you know, <laughs> that I actually, you know, I didn't reacquire. I've been holding on to all these years. And I've got one of those cards that you had when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept one and gave the rest to You've you got guys. got a piece of your childhood at my house. I <laughs> hope that makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Anything else then? Uh, Frank, mm-hmm. do you have anything to add?
1: No, no. I mean, besides trading cards, a big one I used to do in my time was was, what are they called? Pogs.
2: Oh, shit. Pogs, yes. That you stuff blew it. me away. I was too
3: you old could do for that enti- when they came out.
1: You could do an entire episode of, of just Pogs.
2: You could. I had a bunch of those, too. Not nearly as many as trading cards. But, um, you know, Pogs was actually a game. Mm-hmm. But I never played it because the car, the Pogs were cardboard, and it, if you played with them, like, you know, throwing the big plastic, like, chucker piece the at them. Pog, pog smasher. Slam- I don't Slammers. Slammers, Slammer. right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would it would fuck up the cardboard Pogs. And, <laughs> you know, I was about just collecting them the same way these trading cards. I'd get a because remember, the, t- the pogs also came with those plastic tubes. You could mm. buy like a six, seven-inch long plastic tube to store your pogs in for maximum security.
1: <laughs> well, the thing about pogs was that if you played the, you put your pogs up to play the game, so it was like, you want my pog, you're going to have to play me for it. And it, it got really real. If you lost, you lost your pogs. If you won, you, you, you got new pogs. So it, uh, yeah, it turned little kids into freaking uh, degenerate gamblers. <laughs>
2: I was the only one I knew who had Pogs. Like none of my friends had them. It was just one of those things that I happened to see when getting trading cards one day. Like, wow, what are these? I can either spend a dollar twenty-five and get a pack of cards, or I can sit there and hand collect, hand pick the certain Pogs I want. You know, so that's that was kind of the move over for me. What if those went
3: with any kind of value
2: at all? Oh, I'm sure there are some that still <clears> hold value. I was just at that uh, retro toy store I was telling you about, and they had a whole great big drawer full of Pogs that you wow. could still go through. So, yeah, I mean, I mean there's definitely a market out there. I remember right. going to
3: my neighbor's house, and
2: he had <clears throat> kids
3: there. I think they were probably around eight. His son was eight. And then you'd walk in, and there was just these cardboard discs all over with cartoon characters. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, oh, it's just Pogs. Like, what is a Pog?
1: <laughs> the, the weird thing about Pogs is that you can every place I remember was selling them. Like, I went to the gas station, and on the counter, there was, like, organic sex pills and Pogs right next to (laughs) each (laughs) other.
2: Here's something for you. Now, this uh, was also originally in my card box here. The Pog isn't in it anymore, but this is the packaging that the Power Ranger Pog came in from McDonald's, like, I think, when the movie came out. Feels like there's something in there. There's a piece of cardboard in uh, there. Okay. It was like the backing, but the pog itself is gone. But they were cool pogs. They had like a foil, uh, foil front to them. Now it is a power coin pack. But uh, yeah. So, was...
1: What's so that? I just went. I just went on eBay and I went to pogs highest price, and I see the Simpsons complete pog set one through fifty two thousand dollars.
2: Holy shit, man.
1: Yum. And this guy's selling his oh. pog collection, <laughs> thousands of pogs for eleven thousand dollars. So wow.
3: people be buying stuff. Yeah. That they
2: do. Yep.
3: Set and of it...
1: fifty classic vintage metal slammers from the nineties, fifteen hundred dollars are best offer. Vintage Marilyn Monroe Pog set.
2: <laughs> I never this had guy... a metal slammer, I just had the plastic ones, like the thick plastic ones.
1: That was if you were a pro, if you played in the National Pogs League.
2: Oh,
3: pardon
1: Jeez. me.
2: <laughs> Is that a thing?
1: No, I have no idea. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: I wouldn't be—I wouldn't have been the least bit surprised. No, not really. But.
0: Here comes Billy in the Champion Pog League. <laughs> he's eight years old.
2: We've seen Billy's form improve greatly over the last <laughs> year as he's been throwing those slammers, Bill.
1: NPL N- reigning champion. <laughs>
2: And a hush falls over the pog uh, arena tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, with that behind us, let's jump to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Frank about
0: Polar Paradox. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.
2: All right, and we are back with Frank Martin. Again, Frank, thanks for being back on the show, and I'm excited to talk with you about this next Kickstarter. Well, the one that's live right now for the second part of Polar Paradox. But before we jump into any of that, uh, for the listeners who are listening who didn't hear you the first time around, can you give them a, uh, a description of what Poor Paradox is?
1: Sure. It's a sci-fi adventure mystery book. Uh premise is very simple. In the near future, a bunch of scientists uh, off the coast of Antarctica go missing on a dive, and a bunch of elite rescue divers try to go in after them, and the, the mission kind of uh, goes off the rails really quickly, and it becomes a, a dangerous adventure.
2: A fun adventure, though yeah. it, it looks so really cool. So, when the first time we had you on, we were talking about your first Kickstarter, uh, which was for part one, I do believe, which was a huge success. So, mm-hmm. congratulations to you. Thank you. So, tell us about uh, then part two. What what can we expect from part two?
1: So, part one, the way I described it, was part one really uh, focused on the polar side of the title where we get the divers uh, the rescue divers they jump in they have to they go underwater they face a whole bunch of crazy animals that try to attack them and the, the part two is going to focus more on the paradox side of things as they emerge into a cave underneath antarctica and it, the story is a lot more plot heavy and we get to the the mystery at, at the heart of what happened to these missing scientists
2: mm-hmm. the paradox half yes very nice, very nice. Now, um, what was I going to say? So is this then going to be just a part one, part two? I think I may have asked you something like this the first time around, but I can't remember exactly how you answered. Past this part two, is the series going to keep going, or is this going to be a contained uh, story?
1: Well, you know what? It's funny because I, when I originally wrote the first draft of part two, it had an ending that kind of – it ended – a little bit unsatisfying, but it was it was done on purpose. You know, it was supposed to be one of those uh, gasp, shocking endings, but it never really sat right with me because it, it left unanswered questions, which I do hmm. a lot with my stories, and sometimes I'm okay with that. I mean, people are like, well, what happened? I'm like, I don't care. Figure it out. But this yeah. time...
2: <laughs>
3: Use your imagination. Time,
1: yeah, this time I, it, didn't, it didn't sit right with me, so I included an epilogue, a one-page epilogue that um, kind of left the door open to continue the story, and I approached my a co-creator antonio and i said do you want to continue it and he was kind of hesitant he said i want to see uh how part one does and part one did great so i managed to convince him to continue the series so we are having another two-part sequel when this other two-part arc is finished nice
2: that's awesome
1: and you know i
2: it's saying something about you know having too many questions left out there I don't think, you know, that's not... Not that you were saying it was, but I think it's awesome to uh, do that. That's no problem there because mm-hmm. if, if there's any story that wraps everything up too tightly, you know, I don't know. One, you don't, you're don't you not leaving room for yourself to v- uh, venture back in there, but two, you know, kind of like Star Wars, you know, as long as Star Wars has even been around, there's still so many big questions have been yeah. unanswered, and the, you know, there's a big appeal in that. There's a big uh, comeback, you know. There are questions... That, just don't need to be answered. <laughs> they need to be there just to keep the intrigue sometime, I think.
1: Well, you know what? I'm a big, uh, I was raised on Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is mm. what Kai was very heavily influenced for my story. Uh, The Macabre Motel, which, you know, a lot of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, they have that like creepy, weird, bizarre ending where the hero is kind of like left in danger a little bit and then it just kind of, they say the end and you have to just be okay that it was left on that little tiny bit of a cliffhanger. (laughs) And I do that, I tend to do that a lot. And normally when I do that, I, I feel comfortable and confident in the ending that I leave the reader in a place that I want, ambiguously, that I want to leave them, you know? With The Polar Paradox, I, I did that, but it didn't sit right with me. I didn't have that confident feeling that it, it tied things up. It, it, it wasn't a nice place to leave off, so that's why I wanted to to continue it and, and do a sequel. And one of the milestone goals I have for this campaign is as soon as I hit that 100 backer mark, I'm actually gonna reveal the title for the sequel, so we'll be able to see what it's called.
2: Right. I, I don't know how many times we've heard it on the show. I mean, not so many that it's like, oh, my God, everyone. But we've a few times we've had people say, you know, they started with the intention of writing just a a one-off or a three-part mm-hmm. quick story. But, you know, like Frank's saying, you know, by the time it's over, you know, I wanted to be done with it, but there's all these other questions that I keep having. And you, there's always room to kind of move forward if you want to. I guess if you, if you lay the track work to let yourself step back into it if you want to. If not, yeah. they're just questions that add to the intrigue.
1: You know, and also, it it doesn't hurt the fact that it was my most successful campaign yet, which, which gives you a little bit of a, <laughs> That's a big motivation to, to keep it going.
2: Right. I've got something here. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as rewards on this uh, second campaign, what are uh, backers going to be uh, getting?
1: Uh, we're going to have, similar to the first campaign, we have a standard uh, cover, which is actually connects to the part one it's it's one big image so they'll both they'll both connect to each that other that's
3: cool i saw that i yeah. remember seeing that on the first one
1: yeah so and we have that we're going to have a variant cover which is done by the same variant artist as uh, the polar paradox one i'm also offering a deluxe edition which is part one and two in uh in, in the same issue it's going to be like 52 pages or something and i've taken the the connecting cover and I'm I'm going to be using a virgin version of that as a wraparound, so it's just going to be front and back, the full complete image of what the two covers would connect at, which is which I'm looking forward to seeing.
2: That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, I would have to get a look at that myself. Are you getting a soundtrack for the second one?
1: Uh, same same music, you know. That's one of the the benefits is of having the same series. I don't have to pay the well. Yeah, the It
3: would be like Star Wars having a different. Opening theme song every time,
2: and you're like, "What the hell? <laughs> this one's disco." <laughs> um, uh,
1: and and I had a a print set that was involved in the first campaign, which I'm not going to put up there because as a as a rewards tier, because if people wanted it the first time, they could have grabbed it the first time. But it is available as an add on. Kickstarter has now now has this great add on feature that you could just kind of throw stuff up there, and if people want it after the fact, they could always grab it. Right, that's
2: awesome, man. A lot of good incentive there. Love that when uh, there's a lot of good, uh, good rewards to mm-hmm. be had. You know, not only you're gonna get the book that you're backing, but all the extra little goodies that go with it. So I think like I missed out on the first one. I might have to take advantage of this one.
3: Get that, there you go, that dual one. There you go.
1: Well, that's uh, it's one of the, the cool things about Kickstarter, or I should say just creating and writing in general, is that the longer you do it, the more crap you accumulate that you're able to offer to people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good, man. Well, we wish you all the very best on this Kickstarter, though. I mean, based mm-hmm. on the success from your first one, it looks like you are going to be uh, pretty well off. I want to encourage our listeners to find Frank on social media at Frank the Writer and at FrankTheWriter.com. Is there anywhere else we should be sending people, Frank?
1: No, no. Other than those places, which I'll be slamming with uh, promos for the Kickstarter, I'm pretty accessible.
2: Okay. And I want also want to encourage our listeners uh, to, if you like this episode, go back to uh, number 282, the first time we had Frank on <laughs> and hear him talk about more about Polar Paradox. And we also talk about, I believe, uh, Sequest. our favorite like, <laughs> fictional explorers. And, yeah, there was a lot of SeaQuest talking. That one. <laughs> a lot of it. It was so fun. <laughs> so, so, Frank, thank you, man, so much for being back. Uh, it's been a blast. We'll get you back on in the future, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
2: Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can get a bunch
3: of cans. What kind of cans? You can buy merch. You can become a patron. You can listen to the show. You can submit your work and be a guest on our
2: contacts page. And you can also find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on... Uh, on uh, did I say Twitter or Instagram? Let me start that again. And you can also find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at can underscore air. And again... Uh, On the website, there's a Patreon button there. Or you can just search Candare Podcast on Patreon. And a few dollars a month gets you access to a whole other show we're doing. Multiple shows. Access to a bunch of extra content. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is some of my favorite. I love those episodes. Uh, They're a lot more laid back. (laughs) (laughs) You can
3: can also go to Evergreen Podcast where we're on the... uh, the podcast network and listen to other shows but listen to us first.
2: There, there you have it and if you want to wear some swag a Candare shirt, also click that merch button on our website. Just go to the website look at all the buttons, click on each of them and see if any of them speaks to you. You can um, do it You can. You have the power <laughs> Might not be the can you're looking for but it's the <laughs> can you get <laughs> Alright, well I think that's going to do it for this week so until next time, I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty and
1: yeah, I'm Frank Martin.
2: Thanks so much for listening everyone and be excellent to each other
0: Oh no! Don't run,
2: it'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown up. And knowing is
0: half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air Production.